T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. You've waited all week, and now the wait is over. It's the only unfiltered media podcast in America. This is Trash Talk on WEEI.com. Here he is, your boy, Blind Mike. Blind Blind Mike. Mike. And here we go. Good Thursday morning, one and all. And thank you for getting up with us on ESPN. We're ready to go. Get I'm the Britain. fuck That's out of here. Beetle. That's Jalen. No, no. This is my show, goddammit. Hello, everybody. Trash Talk. Did you like that intro? Yeah, it's good. Ron did a good oh, job. Yeah, right? uh, you know, people have been saying, Mike, you're the voice of the streets. You're the voice of the people. You know, you got a real urban vibe to you. You need a hip-hop type of intro. Who said that? Everyone's saying it. Oh, really? Everyone's saying, Mike, you're the, new, you're the face of hip-hop. Oh. You, you are us, is what they say in the streets, as I as I pass by. And I say, thank you, folks. And uh, so I felt, you know, my boy DJ Ronnie Ruff had to make me a nice hip-hop intro. Yeah, you could have put my name in Really there. make I this mean, thing pop. You know. No, no. I like to oppress you. I like to keep you down. Right. Really let you know what, what your role is here. Yeah. You know? Push the buttons and mm-hmm. let me go. Yeah. So, first of all, I want to touch on something we... Uh, we got into last week a little bit. I also want to apologize. Last week's episode was real dog shit. Oof, I did not come with energy last week. Dan was good. I'll give him that. That's how you know things were topsy-turvy. Well, thanks. Dan was on his I game. I am the star of Dan this Dan was program. on his game. People loved him. The people of Reddit have spoken. <laughs> people of Reddit love him. And uh, and I was horse shit last week. They got me rattled. The, Reddit, the Redditors got me rattled. But uh, I'm back with Vim and Vigor this week. Uh, I want to get into something we touched on last week, and that is uh, our boy Freddie T across the street. Fred Toucher... We talked. We talked last week about how uh, they accused Minahan of ripping off Howard Stern. Uh, <laughs> so I'm I'm scrolling through Twitter, and Dan, you're you're slightly younger than me. I don't know if you remember this. Do you remember Howard Stern doing a bit in the the 90s? I think probably, maybe even the 80s. He did it uh, called Stripper Jeopardy. No, but it sounds like something that he would do. Right, of course. You know, maybe 20, 30 years ago. Yeah, that's definitely before my time, Mike. Yes, yeah. Uh, I mean, honestly, before mine too, really. And uh, But the gist of the bit was you'd have, you know, dumber pe- airheads. You know, you'd find strippers that weren't, that, not saying that's all of them, but that was ones that in particular weren't very knowledgeable on certain issues. Right. <laughs> now, in 2018, I'm scrolling through Twitter, and I see at Toucher and Rich tweet out, uh, coming up next, Townie Jeopardy. And now you might be thinking, maybe it's not exactly what it seems. Well, it's one guy from the North Shore and one guy from the South Shore squaring off in fucking Boston trivia guy. Yeah, it's as hacky as it sounds. But my favorite part was, can you guess what the buzzers were? Do you want to guess what they used for buzzers? Now on Jeopardy, they buzz in to right. give their answer. Uh, do you know what their version of a buzzer was? Uh, they no. crack a fucking beer. Oh. Not just any beer. A fucking Gansett guy. They're cracking Gansetts. 
That's how they buzz in. And that's 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 the mass hole beer. Fucking awesome, named, dude. Named after a Rhode Island beach, and it's brewed in New York. Oh, it's funny you say. <laughs> yeah, right. It's funny you say mass hole because that was one of the categories. Right. Mass hole eats or whatever the fuck it oh. was. <laughs> it's like really, you're gonna call up Minahan a hack and say he's stealing from Stern, and then a week later, think no one's gonna notice that you're doing towny Jeopardy, and not only that, but doing it in the most hack way. So I listened to it, obviously. Uh, I couldn't stomach the whole bit, so I can't tell you whether or not Pasta Joe won. Uh, but I can tell you that during the five minutes I listened, they had um, Sarge, my boy Mike Sarge Riley, who I like. Give a Sarge salute out to him. But they had him on to, to make, they just made fun of him. And uh, they made fun of the guys they had in. So in five minutes, they completely debunked the idea that they're not ripping off Stern and they don't have infighting. I listened for five minutes this morning, and I found out those were both lies. So, uh, Kirk, I think you're not only your reputation, but your spot at number one, pretty safe, my friend. You mean number three? <laughs> yes, behind uh, behind Hillman, behind the great Hillman. I, I thought someone someone on Twitter said that Hillman does that Towny Jeopardy bit. You're here to say that's not true. No, we've never done that. I mean, we do like. I mean, I guess the similar thing that we do is uh, like LB on history. When Greg, oh, that's totally. That's, that's Greg totally asks like because LB's a character. That's like doing the Battle of the Brainless. Yeah, those are characters on the show. Right, they had actual people like contestants in. No, we don't. We don't do questions. like call in trivia questions or anything no, like yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, well, because it's not 1985. Right, and Hillman knows that. Minahan knows that. But uh, Freddie T, the king of radio, apparently does not know that. So I just wanted to touch base on that because last week I had to defend Minahan, but I had no real evidence because I hadn't listened to Toucher and Rich in a while. Today I did. I did some quick investigating. And Jesus Christ, if that's a representation of their show, that's embarrassing. 1986 radio? Towny Jeopardy guy! It's funny, we're from fucking Southie, we're cracking gansets, and we're answering mass hole trivia. Fucking awesome, dude. Yeah, that's cool. That was a funny bit 30 years ago. So anyways, today, other than that, there's a there's a bit of a theme. We, w- we want to touch on uh, all three, well... I'm sorry, Dan, but hockey I don't count as one of the major sports. Uh, the three major sports. It is, but okay, sure. The three major sports and their and their booths. We've got uh, NBA and uh, Jeff Van Gundy, I think, had a great week this week. Monday Night Football <laughs> announced their booth and uh, bringing up the rear, <laughs> our boy Johnny Gomes. But uh, we'll start with uh, Jeff Van Gundy, Mark Jackson, and Mike, Bre- is Mike. Is the play-by-play guy's name Mike Breen? Yes. Okay, he's such a boy. I always forget his name. I don't know why. I, I've heard him for years now doing the, the primetime games in the NBA. And I always forget his fucking name. Mike Breen. So that booth is uh, interesting because Jeff Van Gundy is great. The Cavs eye-roll each other more than a couple in a bad marriage. <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> I mean, again... You know, a 1985 line, but you know, not bad. That for for what play-by-play and color commentary has become, not a bad line by Van Gundy. Uh, but just the ins, more so the insight to to say that to say that the Cavs are eye rolling each other. Most guys, especially at ESPN, don't uh, bash LeBron like that. They kiss his ass. They're not going to tell you when the Cavs are doing petty little shit like that. So I thought Van Gundy did very good. Uh, <laughs> there was one play where Jalen Brown drove to the hole. And uh, he said LeBron's got to take some tips from Jalen. You don't hear that a lot. I like Jalen Brown a lot. Uh, I'm sorry. I like uh, Jeff Van Gundy a lot. I like Jalen Brown also. But Mark Jackson is a real bore. 
every time Van Gundy got slightly interesting. Why, why, why are you saying that, Jeff? Oh, of course you got to be negative. Of course you got to be negative, Jeff. And it's like, I guess maybe that's their thing. They think they've got a, a Shaq Barkley back and forth that they have to be adversarial. But it's like, hey, Van Gundy's, Van Gundy's running circles around you here, Mark, as far as analysis. Do you think Mark Jackson wants to just kill himself every time he watches a Warriors game? I mean, every time he like says anything, it's kind of like, how are you a coach? <laughs> well, he <laughs> like, wasn't. That's the thing. Well, he apparently was. It's, it's amazing to me that he had that team. Right. Which will go down as, you know, one of the greatest teams ever when they're done. You would think. Oh, yeah. Celtics, Bulls, Spurs. Well, this run that they're on, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, they're and about to win three out of four, yeah. and, and they're probably going to win the next couple. The Warriors are this generation's dynasty, or will be, uh, yeah. when, it, when it's all said and done. And Mark Jackson had that team. Right. And couldn't do anything with it. Yeah. <laughs> An embarrassment. And uh, it's just so... Just the contrast between him and Jeff Van Gundy. All Mark Jackson really brings... He had a couple good good points that he brought up. But all he really said that interested me was how every time Van Gundy would bring up a point, he would say, why, why you got to be so negative, Jeff? And then the one that really got me was uh, Mike Breen. Coach always talks about to make a mislead. Yeah. <laughs> Mike Breen also got in on the boar fest. When, uh, did you hear the uh, the fuck you J.R. Smith chant? Yeah. Fuck you, J.R. Always, any time uh, an F-bomb can get on network television, I love it. I'm a child in that way. It really That really gets me off, hearing hearing naughty words on TV. So the, the fuck you, J.R. Smith, I mean, the fuck you, J.R. chant is going on around the garden. And Van Gundy, my boy. You can't say definitely. No, this is a definite. It should be. <laughs> There's a anti-obscene J.R. Smith. I like when you say that. You you soften it so much, Mike. (laughs) I want to keep my job. No, no, I understand that. Anyway, I mean, I'm not. I I don't really expect play-by-play guys to bring the pizzazz, if you will. No, if they're they're dry and boring, fine. Yeah, Mike Mike Breen is fine because you're right. His job is not to be spectacular. The problem I have with Dave O'Brien is that that's a two-man booth. Usually. Right. So when Dave O'Brien just makes cornball jokes, it's like, hey, get out of the way, Dave. But Mike Breen's job is not to be insightful. It's to call the game. And he's got a good voice. He does a good job at that. Uh, so the third man should be, it shouldn't be Jeff Van Gundy tap dancing and spinning plates to make things interesting. But uh, my problem with Mike Breen in that clip is purely that Jeff Van Gundy's right. There's a middle ground between losing your job and saying, oh, they appear to be saying fuck in the crowd. They're yelling the word fuck repeatedly. You don't have to say that, because obviously that'll get in trouble. But you also don't have to, oh my, break into a cold sweat. Oh my, they, they appear to be saying an obscene, oh, a no-no word. I'm a 50-year-old man that's terrified of cursing. <laughs> it's just weird that we make adults act like that. And I again, I get why Mike Breen is like that. But it's just like we're... We're adults. We can't all acknowledge what's obviously happening. Silliness. But Jeff Van Gundy, great job. He's probably the best play-by-play. I mean, I'm sorry, the best uh, color guy in basketball, would you say? I kind of like Reggie Miller. I mean, he's no Tommy. Well, I, I'm not. I'm excluding <laughs> local talent. You uh, know what, I, since you brought that up? National. What I'm praying is that whenever Tommy decides to step down, which hopefully he's got plenty of years left in him, but, I mean, if you just look at the guy. He can't possibly. But whenever Tommy is done, 
I know that they're going to go with Scal. Yep. And Scal is all... My brother. I really want them to go with Cedric Maxwell. Max is on the radio. I mean, the But promotion. it'll never happen. Yeah. It's disappointing. I mean, Gosher just got one from uh, Bruins Radio, then he got the Vegas Knights Kings TV. Jo- I mean, the, the Knights jump? Yeah, the TV. Um, yeah, so we could promote Max, but I just know they'll go with Scal. And I yeah. know you like Scal because LB says you look like him. Well, I do look like him. Well, all right. See the picture? You can go to my Instagram. I'd DY say you're better. Scal was well, kind of you. a dick to me. Yeah, well, when I was with, uh, when well, he I knows was, you frown upon the ginger people. When I was with, uh, when I was with Barstool, we tried to make a, a video with him. Yeah, it was just some pop and shot thing, and it never would have got on because I was far too good at basketball. It wasn't like ping pong. I was, uh, I was pretty decent. But Scow was like, all the Comcast people were kind of dicks because it was before Barstool was a thing. Right. I mean, they were a thing, than, but it wasn't what it is think now. They're better than you. Yeah. So they were like, oh, these internet guys trying to make a video. It's like, hey, we're doing you a favor. You think Gary Tangway could get on Barstool? Yeah, I don't think so, baby. I love Tanger. I miss I Tanger. Love, I love Tanger too. How could you not? Yeah. I, didn't, I don't mean to take digs at him, but guy's not getting on Barstool anytime soon. The, I mean, the if one, I walk into Comcast, of, they should open the fucking doors. One of, one of my favorite moments uh, working for the Hillman Show yep. was when Gary Tangway <laughs> burst in, pops in, <laughs> burst in the studio to tell about tell us about his new play he's got on Hulu. <laughs> <laughs> I miss him. I miss him. I miss him. See, I miss seeing him around here, right? Because, uh, you know, I show up to do the podcast in just uh, basketball shorts and a t-shirt. The only man. Everyone else is in, you know, suits or nice dress pants and a collared shirt. The only man who was with me, my brother in arms, Gary Tangway, well, wearing flip flops, basketball shorts, hair askew. Have you, Have you seen Dickerson when he's around here? No, I thought it was a homeless man. Really? My God. He's gotten fatter too. Oh my god, he is a slob. Really? Yeah, I, I thought it was Michael Moore walking through the <laughs> Jesus hallways. Christ. It was, yeah, he's it was, not that big. Is I he? mean, I mean, I think I think I heard the clip on KNC when I was in the bathroom because they play the uh, shows over in the bathroom. Yeah. And I think Kirk asked him like, "Did your wife actually let you leave the house like that?" Because <laughs> he had like looked like he had like beer cheese dried up on his shirt. Jesus and it was Christ! Just I know, like, I know, he deals with the uh, depression and all that. Shit, but which it was, I, yeah. uh, believe me, I understand. Yeah, it was. But uh, uh, Jesus, because Dickerson used to be like a. I'm not a thin, thin guy, but like, you, you wouldn't be yeah. outraged when he, he was TV ready, at least back in the day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, poor guy some, some people say TV subtracts 10 pounds, some people say it adds, <laughs> yeah. I mean, but uh, maybe, radio sta- maybe radio station hallways add like 30. I'll have to come take a look at him. Yeah. I'll just, <laughs> just stand just, in the hallway. Just come and examine him. Yeah. I'm just coming to look at you, Dickerson. All right. I got what I needed. Yep. Uh, let's see. The other booth. Oh, one of the other booths I want to get to. Well, I guess since we talked about Tommy, we'll stay local and go... Uh, your boy Johnny Gomes. Oh yeah. I said a few weeks ago that uh, I like Johnny Gomes on the on the broadcast. You want to take that back? There's something about him I liked. You want to take it back? Don't you? I do a little bit. Retraction. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what the deal is. Um, Didn't you have the feeling the last couple of nights that he was he was getting real close to doing something like that? Yeah, he was hitting the ball real hard. His outs were loud. We call them loud outs. He had a nice line Wait, Johnny, drive Johnny, earlier Johnny. on in the game. Johnny, what do you call outs that are loud? Those are the barrels, barrels, and that was a big boy barrel right there. Those are loud outs. We call them loud. Those are outs that are loud. We call them loud outs here. Here's that righty-righty changeup you're seeing more often. I don't know if you guys ever played in the big leagues, but I did. So here's some insight. So do you think it's – do you think that Johnny Gomes – because he doesn't seem like a dick. So do you think that he talks down to people like that all the time? Or do you think he he's in the I mindset think, of 
I'm on TV, so I need to explain yes. things. Yes, yes. He just over-explains exactly. everything. Yeah. What's the clip? Do you have the clip that you played me before about uh, the 500 batting average? 356 batting average. The situation right here, runner in scoring position, two outs. Mookie Betts comes in with an outstanding 571 batting average. That's What's over that? 50% oh. of the time he's driving oh, no. that runner on or getting on with a knock himself. 517. Very good. Over 50%. Now, I didn't know that. Some of us don't like to do math, Mike. I didn't equate. And Johnny is here to help. That that was 51.7%. I never, I wasn't smart enough to know that. Yeah. Thank you, Johnny. Yeah. It's weird. It's, it, it's got to be that he's just, he doesn't do, he's never done TV. Right. Until the last two years. Now, here's what worries me. Uh, when he did the A's games and the Angels games out on the West Coast, I said, okay, Johnny Gomes lives on the West Coast. So that's, you know, no one wanted to travel. Eckersley doesn't like traveling. Remy's sick or, or you know, whatever his condition is. He doesn't want to travel. Right. So they have Johnny Gomes in for the West Coast games. I understood that. Now they fly him in, put him up. And from, <laughs> from experience, I can tell you, some of, some of these, I won't say which ones, but some of these media companies are cheap. So they don't like flying guys in and putting them up for no reason. Fly the some, guy in. I think all. Pay, pay for his hotel. <laughs> a few of them might be. Um... So they, they bear no expense to bring this guy in. That must mean they like him, right? Yeah. So that what worries me is when Remy is finally done, whenever that is, just like I was talking about Tommy, I don't want Scal to be the replacement, is Johnny Gomes? I hope not. The guy that's going to replace Remy? I don't know if maybe they have a deal where, like, I mean, the Red Sox already made their West Coast trip out to Oakland anyway, and the yeah. Angels. I think they still have to go to Seattle. So but they have to do so many games. Yeah, but maybe like they each have like a game cap or whatever, and they're just getting them out of the way now while the Celtics are on, and you know people might not be paying attention. <laughs> well, much. speaking uh, of that, I had a tweet last night, the most underrated Twitter account in uh, in America, Blind Mike underscore. I get no goddamn respect on there, but I tweeted about. You know, the Celtics and Patriots have overtaken the Red Sox. They need rate. We need we need ratings, boys. We're not getting enough tension in this town. What do we do? Quick. Someone get Tom Werner and some lady in the booth. Yeah. Well, I mean, in fairness to the girl, she just won the contest for Nesson, so Sure, that that's great for her. And I'm sure she made a a, a great documentary, is that what she made? Yeah, they showed the I'm sure it was during the, during the commercial. I mean, we are Red Sox Nation or whatever. I mean, I it was on Nesson, so I'm sure it was awful. <laughs> but I'm sure she did a great job for what with with whatever restrictions were put on her. I'm sure she did fine. That doesn't mean I want to listen to her during a game. Right. Or anyone that made a, a, a documentary. I mean, it's her, it's her, you know, five minutes of fame. I guess. It's the fourth inning of a thir- Wednesday night game in June. Give it to her. My biggest problem is Tom Warner. I mean, yeah, I don't really know, know why he was there. I guess he oversees the project of Nesson's next producer. He can't, yeah, he loves getting his fat fucking mug on the, on the screen. Well, wouldn't you if you had money and owned part of the Red Sox? Uh... I don't see. I don't know if I would. I bet you would. No, well, you're a whore. I am. You know what? You're right. Because yeah. I was about to say, <laughs> I was about to say, but I'm entertaining. <laughs> and are you? I, and, and I realize that's probably what I'm Tom laughing, Warner. I'm thinks laughing too. at you. I realize. <laughs> I realize that's probably what Tom Warner thinks too. Yeah. Maybe now, Tom Warner. Like, Tom Warner sh- couldn't do the only unfiltered media podcast in America. I want to have him on. No, not really. <laughs> I'd have him on. He would. Ne- I'd have him on to ask him if. Uh, he he has any interest in enabling any more uh, serial rapists, but but I don't think he'd want to come on to answer those type of questions. Probably not. No. Um, so yeah, it's just weird to me. Just any in-game interviews at all, even baseball-related, whatever, they're all shit. Have they ever been good? 
even uh, I, I don't know if you remember this. A few years ago, you remember um, Musburger and uh, uh, Herb Street when they were doing college football had Eminem yep. in the booth, and it was just weird. <laughs> oh yeah, wasn't M like looked like he was drugged out or something? Yeah, I yeah. don't think he like, was because he's sober. Yeah, he might not, but he was just but, like he didn't want to be there. Really, right. it was weird. So Eminem, well, my maybe my favorite artist of all time, interesting guy. He was a bore. If you have him in game, right? Because you got to try to place. Yeah, because you got to try to have him go with the flow of the action of the game, so they yeah. can still call the game. Because that's you know why they're there. Imagine, know. imagine Dave O'Brien trying to talk to Eminem during no. the Sox game. <laughs> now that I'd hey, like to watch. Slim. <laughs> that I'd like to watch. Slim. Slim trading. That's Slim more of a, That's more of a Neverett, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, oh, Brian's got that whistle. It's bad. Yeah, I can't do it. It's Neither so it's I. so bad that I can't even do it. And I never noticed it until Jim Murray pointed it out. Oh yeah. And after that, Murray now, does it really. Now does I can't. I can't really stop well. noticing it now. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Nesson. I don't know what their deal is, but I'm begging you, don't go with Johnny Gomes, or at least straighten him out and say, we don't. You, we don't need to be explained. We don't need to be told that five seventeen is over fifty percent. Everyone knows that. Right, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe it will become. Here's the other thing, and I've said this of. I'm about to. This is a nice transition into uh, the new Monday Night Football booth. I think the biggest problem with like what ESPN does is these broadcast teams. The reason a lot of people like them or hate them or or are comfortable with them, well, is because of that exact reason. You're over time, you get comfortable. You are now kind of just used to hearing Joe Buck do game. Like, the hatred for Joe Buck isn't as much as I used to hear. And I don't think that's because he's gotten better. Or even, it's not even because people like him more. I don't know. Just, wait, wait, wait until if we get a Red Sox Yankees playoff series. That might come back. Uh, yeah, you might be right about that. Although, he only does the World Series now, doesn't he? Does he do the, uh, hey, he, he doesn't do the Division he Series. Do, he does one of the, oh, that's right. Fox only has one of the, uh, LCSs. Yeah. So, so he might not even do it. Right. But, Point being, Joe Buck is kind of the voice. Sad to say, um, but Joe Buck has become the voice of America now. <laughs> he does every third Super Bowl, yep, every World Series, right? You know, regular season football, regular season baseball. Yep, he's 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 the guy. He's the play by play guy now. So, I mean, is he the number? Like when you think play by play guy, is he the number one that comes to mind? Well, my favorite ever is Al Michaels. Same here. He's, it's, not, it's not even close, really. Yeah, and I, even, um, I prefer Nance over Buck, too. But you know who's great on Sunday Night Baseball, which he got fired because he was tied to Joe Morgan. Joe John Morgan might have been the worst the worst person at his job in any field ever. Yeah, I don't know. So, Joe he Morgan might have been the worst. Any job in America, take who who is your worst employee, put him up against Joe Morgan. It's a it's a competition. I mean, there's quite a few at uh, ESPN that could, in the baseball department, but, you know, sure. Steve, Steve Phillips, but Joe, yeah, Harold no, Reynolds. But Steve Phillips was good. They were just... Hey, pervs. They were just <laughs> pervs, yeah. Now, hey, if we want to talk about getting handsy, that's a different issue. Jess Mendoza. That you can't do either. Jess Mendoza's very bad. I would put Jess Mendoza above Joe Morgan. How's but, that? How's but, that for equality? You know the, the thing, <laughs> the thing with Joe Morgan. I don't know the, him. Him and John Miller together just that. Just I know it, just, it sounds like like when I hear their voice, I just automatically think you know Sunday nights growing up watching. That's, ba- so that's the yeah, point I'm making. Baseball. And I I thought John Miller had a very good voice. I yeah. Maybe the, I think he still does the uh, Giants. Giants right on the radio. I think John Miller's great. And if they just left John Miller in there, I don't think they would have gone through this every year. It's a new broadcast. Well, I think he got sick too. Oh, did it? Yeah. Oh, okay. So that makes say, a little more sense because I always wondered about that. Yeah, he is because I, I figured he just got 
let go because it was like they didn't want. No, him I think he got Morgan sick anymore. at one point. He wasn't traveling, uh, so well, he didn't want to do all. Get the better, old friend. Yeah. I realize it was ten years ago, but yeah, I hope you I know. hope you're doing well. Um, I mean, anything's better than uh, uh, the only thing, good thing about Aaron Boone being a manager is that there's no he's more. He's not like, announcing anymore. <laughs> stupid freaking. And next week, Aaron Boone's going to imitate Ryan Howard up at the plate. It's weird. Yeah. Boondoggle, which yeah, made no whatever sense. The title was. of it made no sense. That's what ESPN did is they, they came up with two they came up with Boondoggle, which was him imitating batting stances. That made no sense. And the Mendoza line, which is just just Mendoza interviewing players. It's like, hey, let's come up with a pun and, 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 and then not apply the meaning of that at all. Doesn't well doesn't the Mendoza line mean average? It mean no, it's like less than it's like below two hundred, so it's really bad. Oh, well that does make sense. Well, it makes sense for <laughs> Yes, ironically, it makes sense. I don't think they were going for that, though. Um, but so what I think ESPN's problem is now with the Monday Night Football booth is they just keep turning it over every year. And I realized half of it they this year they had no choice with John Gruden. Right. But they just keep looking at it and saying, well, maybe if we change the announcers, the ratings will get better. No. You know, Sean McDonough was not the problem with the ratings. If anything, Sean McDonough kind of criticizing the refs and criticizing the league – that added to people's enjoyment of the games. Yeah. So getting rid of Sean McDonough was a mistake in my book, but it doesn't really matter. The same amount of people are going to watch Monday Night Football that would have anyways. But now, if you haven't heard, the new uh, Monday Night Football booth is Joe Tessitore, who um, who I guess did college football. It's just another another yucker, another Dave O'Brien, another guy that was doing you know basketball and football for them who's got a, a good voice but no personality. Um. Jason Witten, the newly retired Jason Witten. Right. I guess they figured uh, Tony Romo did such a great job. Let's just get a cow- any cowboy. Is there any? Is there anyone from the two thousands Cowboys available? Jason Witten, you're in. Well, does Brian's available? For now, <laughs> I think he's coming to the Patriots. Uh, I don't you heard know. it here first. A new blind Mike exclusive. Yeah, let's add. Uh, does tenth, Brian's a Patriot? Tenth. Baker Mayfield's a Patriot. J.D. Martinez is going to be a bust. And uh, <laughs> yeah, doing good on that one. Real good yeah. on that one. Um. So Jason Witten, who I've never heard, I don't think I've ever heard him speak. Well, we'll find out. I'm sure we'll be talking about it plenty. Yeah, but I don't know. Unless he's, unless he's like, you know, just average and then there's no reason to talk about it at all. I think that's all he will be. He'll be fine. He won't. Is crit- he the actual second second Mike, like the yes. color commentator, or is he like yes. the third guy? No, Jason Witten is the second guy. The third guy, which is, it's weird. So they're having, Booger McFarlane. Oh, good. <laughs> of Get Up. You may, folks, you may know him from... Uh, the very popular show Get Up on ESPN. Uh, but Booger McFarlane is the third man. But he's he's on the sideline like Tony Saragusa was. Booger and I. Yes. Thank you, Mike. He, But he's the third guy. Like, So it's like, remember when Cal Ripken, when they were doing the uh, playoff games at Fenway, and they had uh, Ron Darling and Ernie Johnson in the booth, yep. and Cal Ripken was also, quote-unquote, in the booth, but they'd put him in like center field, right? Or, uh, for some ungodly reason. Or they do that on ESPN with like Doug Glanville. They like you'd be sitting on the bud deck. Didn't make any fucking sense. Right. It made no ungodly sense. Hey, here's what it looks like from the outfield to just me. I'm getting the fans' view. You could just do, you could put a camera out there. We don't need Cal Ripken sitting out there. So I guess that's what they're doing with uh, Booger McFarlane. They're putting him on the field, but he's going to be an equal voice. So he and Jason Witten will supposedly talk the same amount. Mm-hmm. But he's going to be on the field, and then Lisa Salters is doing uh, sideline reporting. Very weird. They what they need to do, and I've said this every time we talk play by play. Throw my idea in there, baby. Bill Burr, 
Nick DiPaolo, Lenny Clark, whoever you want, throw them in a booth. Alternative option online. That's what gets at. Gases and seats, baby. The blind mic experience is what we'll call it. That's what we'll call it. How's that for a name? You think that'll draw some eyeballs? Yeah. I don't know, to watch something starting off with blind? Blind mic? Yeah. The I'm blind sure. mic experience. I'm sure that It's just will... me stumbling. Yeah. I, I legitimately almost broke this microphone. That was good. Good. We're all begging you, too. <laughs> now, that's hurtful. Why do you Why do you try and hurt me? Because. Um, oh. So the... Uh, oh, ESPN. I wanted to stay on ESPN for a minute. Because they're making a 10-part uh, documentary series. Right. With Netflix. With Netflix. Yeah, you know, we're launching our own streaming service, but no, we're going to partner with Netflix. It's just, it's just dumb, dumb idea after dumb idea. First of all, yeah, the the partnering with Netflix thing is dumb because I assume it's going to be on Netflix. Otherwise, why would Netflix be a part of it? Yep, because no one wants to pay for their services. Right. They want people to watch this. Yeah. (laughs) They're spending a lot of money on it and they want people. Well, and the reason they're spending a lot of money on it is because Michael Jordan's involved. Yeah. I am guaranteeing you that will make this a shitty documentary. The documentary I'd much rather see is the one Michael Jordan doesn't want to be a part of. The one that talks about Michael Jordan's gambling and him cheating on his wife and why he left basketball, what the real reason he left basketball for two years. And, uh, you know, why he had to get saved by and bailed out by Bill Murray and Space Jam. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hard hitting questions like that uh, is what I want. And, you know, a guy with the uh, squeaky clean image that Michael Jordan tries to put out there. He's not going to let that shit out. He's not going to talk about, you know, the conspiracy theories behind his dad dying and all that type of shit, which that's that's the stuff that gets people watching documentaries. It might be hard to talk about, I understand. But if you want people maybe, look, maybe Michael's changed and he's an open book. I just I here's the only if he stepped down from Jordan and had nothing to do with uh, Nike anymore, then I'd say okay, maybe. But the guy still wants to sell sneakers and he's he's quoted famously as saying uh Republicans buy sneakers, too. So he doesn't want anyone thinking uh, poorly of him. He doesn't want that image tainted at all. Imagine if the documentary was produced by Barkley. That'd be who, great. Who hates Jordan. That'd be great. That's what I want. My boy Barkley. Just terrible, terrible. This is uh, three weeks in a row we have to talk about Barkley I now? know, and I kind of I enjoy it. I mean, it's, I, like it, it. It's, it, I mean, so I'm sure by now- Barkley always soothes me, as I've said. Everybody's uh, heard the whole Laurel Yanny thing. Yeah, I mean, I've only heard. I've only heard Laurel. I've only heard Laurel, and because you're a sane man, Dan, you're a, you're a sane human being. Is you're that not why? A liar. Laurel, Laurel, obviously. Laurel, Laurel, Laurel. Clear as day. Yeah, I hear Laurel. Everyone does. Right. You're lying if you say otherwise. I guess that there's something with the with the pitches that you could hear. Uh, no, no, Yanny, you you but... played it for me earlier. Yeah, you, and I you played the one where I heard Yanni. It's, right. They're saying something different. They're saying Yanni. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I guess that's they're like saying something the, different. Taking the one. pitch. Down. No, bullshit. But anyways, bullshit. But anyways, see, everybody, this, this has sparked the argument. Yeah. Anyway, right? But good thing for us, right? Sir Charles was there to uh, put an end to the debate. Get on the hip trends on that TNT program. Laurel. What did you hear, I Chuck? Laurel. I thought I heard donut. <laughs> I'm telling you the truth. No, you heard I swear to you, I thought I heard donut. donut. I'm not joking. Joe, you hungry? Uh, no, dude, I swear. <laughs> no, let, let me listen one more time. No, here, it right, here we go. Laurel. Y'all don't hear donut? <laughs> I, I have to say... Chuck doesn't seem like a phony to me. I think he's putting us on. I think he's trying to be wacky and silly there. I don't know. I think Chuck probably hears donut. You a can't lot hear. Of... <laughs> you can't possibly hear donut. There. <laughs> I don't Even know, Mike. Listen, I can speak for fat fucks out there. I don't hear donut. 
<laughs> Speaking of donuts, by the way, yeah. I don't know if you've seen Duncan's whole royal wedding donut because it you is- You presented the, this to me yeah, earlier. Yeah, the, so uh, Duncan in Quincy, anyway, has the, the- I don't know if all of them do or if it's just the one in Quincy, the original one, mm-hmm. has the uh, the royal wedding donut uh, for the royal wedding this Disgusting. weekend. Which I know you're planning on tuning in all I'm day Saturday. nice and early, of course. Yeah, to, to tune into that. But it is the most atrocious thing I've ever eaten, uh, any donut well, I've what? ever had. T- tell it's the folks. awful. Explain to the folks. It's like- it's key ingredients. It's like a chocolate and jelly mixture, and it is just, just that's horrible. Horrendous. Yeah, it's just either essentially, you either like a jelly donut or you like a chocolate donut, right? N- and never that twain shall meet or whatever. No, that, that no. Like I was expecting it like to be like a Boston cream middle or something like that. Oh, like that'd be jelly be and better. chocolate. But it like it literally felt like I took like a syringe full of sugar and just injected it into my gums Blew. when I had. It was just my tongue was spazzing out, and that's yeah. the type of thing. That like if you made me eat it, I would gag. Like yeah. I wouldn't be able to. Eat it was, it. I wouldn't yeah, be able to swallow. It. It was, yeah, it was bad. I feel like there could be a lot of good clips uh, cut out of this segment. Yeah. But, anyways, was there anything else I wanted to get to? Oh, uh, I guess real quick. Um, oh, I've been meaning to mention this the last few weeks. So one of these is very dated, but one of these is in season. We talked about the uh, Jordan documentary. Yeah. I, I wanted a couple other uh, TV suggestions that I could give you guys. If you're fans of this program, that means you like uh, shitty broadcasting and and. And uh, the world surrounding it. So if you're not watching the show Brockmire... I have to start this. I've seen the previews. You're making a mistake if you're not watching it. Yeah, it looks hysterical. awesome. Start from season one. Uh, It's on IFC, uh, so I have no reason to promote it other than I just love the show. So how can we stream it? Uh, I guess IFC. I don't know if it's on Hulu. It's not on Netflix. Right. Um, Crackle? But if you have have cable, just IFC and you get an IFC app and all that shit. Um... But it's hilarious if you don't know what it's about. It's uh, a, a funnier die character that Hank Azaria came up with. Yeah. And it's this guy, Jim Brockmeyer, who was a very polished broadcaster, had a lot of, uh, you know, old school phrases, uh, and he'd, he'd tie in Godfather references and things like that. Oh, that very, was, yep. A very old school type of broadcaster. I'm into it. But one day, <laughs> one day he came home. Oh, and he'd end every broadcast with uh, Lucy Put on the, the stove because daddy's coming home for supper, or whatever the fuck he would say, to his wife. A message to his wife. And then uh, one day he came home and uh, to find his wife uh, in like a gangbang. <laughs> with- oh. <laughs> so it was like this wholesome guy who, who discovered that. that. And he gets drunk on his next broadcast and just goes off and talks about it <laughs> in the ninth inning. So his career is ruined. And the, the the show is about that guy coming back from that incident oh and God. trying to get back into broadcasting. Yeah. It's hysterical. And I talked about Joe Buck earlier. It will Joe Buck haters, if you enjoy hating Joe Buck, tread lightly because the end of season one will kind of make you like Joe Buck. He's in a few episodes, and he's actually pretty – he's surprisingly funny and not a terrible actor. Uh so, you know, if you hate Joe Buck and you enjoy that lifestyle, just you know, proceed with caution. But it's a really funny show. And uh, the other one I wanted to recommend, this is like old now. It's been out for a while, but I don't think a ton of people watched it, is uh, the Paterno movie on HBO. Did you see oh, that? Oh, with Pacino? Yes. Yeah. Pacino was, other than, you know, talking like this, when Joe Paterno has a very, you know, you know, a lighthearted, uh, you know, we went out there, played our best defense today. He's kind of a, he's more of a Joe Pesci type. And Pacino's voice has been riddled with cigarettes and whiskey for 60 years. So other than that, uh, than having a much deeper voice than Paterno, he played a very good Joe Paterno. Uh, he was very good. And the movie, uh, the reason I brought it up on this show is because I always worry about 
uh, especially in films, them kind of soft-selling subjects like that. Even though Sandusky's a little different because he's unanimously a villain to everyone. Right. You know, there's no one other than uh, John Ziegler. <laughs> there's no one that reveres Sandusky as a good guy. Uh, but even so, I was worried that maybe they wouldn't necessarily hit on the actual child molestation as hard as... Because, you know, because people don't like to see that shit, I guess. They did. They did a good... A lot of the descriptions were very graphic, and their depiction of Paterno talking about it felt very real to me. They didn't paint Paterno as this monster was like who was like who cares. They painted Paterno very much how it probably happened, where he was kind of just a naive old man who wanted to focus on football. And uh, Pacino does a great job of portraying him. So those are two things to check out: Brockmire and Paterno. That's your homework for this week, kids. Check out those two things. And uh, come back and see me. And uh, that's pretty much it for this week. What do we have for time? We're good. We're good. So uh, thanks again to my boy, DJ Ronnie Ruff. And um, that's pretty much it. Follow me at BlindMike underscore on Twitter. Dan Watkins, the man who keeps this show a-running. Yep. At DWaddy93 on Twitter. If it wasn't for me, you'd be in here just pushing buttons, thinking you're recording yourself. And yeah, so literally I did that. Paul Chardier of the Midday Show showed me how to use this shit once. And I literally sat here. Like, he left the room. And was in another studio. So I sat here pushing buttons an appropriate amount of time to make him think I knew what I was doing and then just left. <laughs> and then I was, all right, thanks, Paul. I think I got what I needed. See you later. Yep. And uh, it was just, you know, I can't I'm, I can't see. What do you want from me? Um, and we've been getting, uh, you know, some reviews. We've been getting more or less a review a week. So let's keep that trend going, folks. Let's really keep the. Let's get two this week. That's what I'm plugging for. Yeah. As sad as that sounds, I'm begging you for two reviews, five stars, and write whatever you want. How's that? Um. Oh, we're on iTunes, wei.com, the wei app, and the radio.com app. And I will stop babbling now. See you later. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network. From big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.